For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Are you kidding me? You are looking live. Winning cures everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Good, good morning. Sunday morning, I am struggling. I'm Gary. I'm Chris. <laughs> we, we are later than usual, but, uh, but for those of you that are hopping in on the live feed, we appreciate you being here this morning. Uh, I was up all night with a sick wife, so I am uh, not at 100%, but luckily Chris is, and he will be fired up about some of the stuff that went down yesterday. Lots of interesting stuff happened. It was a little chalky early. And then it was not at the end of the night. Yeah, so. you got you to read the tea leaves of how the day's going. And uh, I, I felt like everything kind of went the way I needed it to go and had a pretty good day yesterday. It was not too shabby. Uh, of course, you can find us over at winningcureseverything.com. All of our videos, previews, picks, podcasts, uh, social media platforms, etc. are over there. So go over there, check it out, winningcureseverything.com. You can see all of our gambling picks from yesterday. Uh, we had some hits and some not hits, so <laughs> we, we've already got several people in the chat. Uh, we appreciate you guys hopping in. Of course, uh, look, William jumps in, and, and I will read this one right off the bat. I'm not going to read every comment today, but he said, it is survive in advance, and he's 100% right right now. That's uh, right. It, Oregon, of course, did not survive in advance. Uh, yeah, Pac-12 at night always produces craziness. We'll... Uh, We'll chat about all of those games, along with the biggest ones. Uh, the show, always brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. they got six incredible sports books. You can find more information on them over at tunicatravel.com. Uh, as far as the show, if you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Uh, hit the uh, like button on the video. Make sure you comment. Tell us what you're thinking about what happened yesterday. Uh, if you are on anything else, go over to the podcast. Make sure you subscribe to that. Leave a nice five-star review. We, of course, always appreciate the support on the show. Those reviews help out a ton. So if you subscribe and leave a review, that helps us out with Apple's algorithm. And, yeah, we, uh, we need that to be able to get in front of even more people, make this community even bigger. So we appreciate you guys doing that. Chris, let's go on and start off with the, the Pac-12 After Dark game. Does that sound all right? Sure. Let's, uh, let's talk about Arizona State. 31, Oregon, 28. Oregon is now no longer a one-loss team. You cannot go and lose at Herm Edwards Bunch. And you, you, like you said, the whole day felt chalky. Yep. You knew something was going to go crazy. And I, I'll tell you this. Uh, it took me a little while to get to a TV. I didn't get to a TV until it was 24-7 to 7, Arizona State. Ooh, you missed a lot of football then. And, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, and so we had to go out for a friend's birthday last night. I thought, okay, like all the good games are early. Once Georgia and Texas A&M got done, Navy SMU got done, we headed downtown. And it, or we started getting ready, and then we went downtown. And, man, I, I get to a TV when it's 24-7. And then I see Oregon, slowly but surely, starting that comeback. And I was just lord at how Arizona State could not hold on to that lead uh, but even still I I don't think um like I, Oregon got dominated so even coming back at the end of the game it did not look good for them did not look good for the Pac-12 uh we got somebody that jumped in and said Herm's after game press conference was awesome was it the press conference? I don't or was remember it the, who the girl, the lady was that was interviewing him. Yeah, it was the post game interview, not the press conference, right? Yeah, there was a post game interview on the field, and he it looked like for a minute he was going at her. He was like, "Y'all didn't want to come cover a five and five team, but baby, we gave you good TV." I was like, "Oh, Herm is getting <laughs> in the business, man." That's we uh, we love Herm Edwards. 
Holy yes, we, we were so wrong when he got that job, and, and I'm happy that I was wrong because love the man. Uh, they're a lot of fun. I thought that something fishy might happen in this game strictly because he is too good of a coach to go and lose five games straight. Oh, yeah. And the fact that they were on this just weird losing streak was, was just so out of norm for everything his types of programs do. Well, a lot of uh, – so a lot of one point loss kind of thing, like one possession oh, yeah. losses. All of them were like weird games. I yeah, mean, even the games where they weren't close, like it, they were still weird games, and it just didn't seem right. It didn't fit right. And I thought he's gonna get somebody soon. Yeah, no. It, it, so the stats in the game. All game more than yeah. <laughs> stats in the game. Um, man, total yards for Arizona State five hundred thirty five, four hundred and eight passing yards. I mean. They ate up that Oregon defense. Uh, we've that already Oregon got. Don't look so great no more, brother. No, you got that right. We we got several people that jumped in. Of course, our buddy Larry Pilgrim, our Utah guy. Uh, he said Oregon screwed the Pac-12. Cristobal ran six plays again, like he did against Auburn. That's kind of what it looked like. It looked like they had no idea what they were doing. Um, Mike said, "I still think Utah has a chance to get in." And then William said, "You guys had previously mentioned how Oregon goes east-west to wear down for the fourth. ASU got the score when they needed it, though." And that's a hundred percent right. Um, they they needed uh, that last score, and Oregon did exactly what we have talked about in the past, where they kind of wear you down and set up kind of the same way that Gus Malzahn does. You know, other teams where it's east west, run the guys to death, and then an explosion. Right? If the, if you don't the score, issue is, is they got they got down too early. I think. Yeah, they got down too big too early. That's that's what I meant. Yeah, most most certainly did. Uh, Jaden Daniels, whoo, that kid, that kid was something else last night. Four hundred and eight yes, passing yards. I mean, yes, he sir. he looked every bit the the number two overall quarterback coming into last season. I mean, that's that's what he was. It's it, highest ranked quarterback recruit for Arizona State in maybe ever. I mean, he was lights out. And I can't think of anybody else that would have been that level. I don't think so. I don't. I don't think that. I mean, obviously they've had some like Blake Barnett transferring over to him, um, but he had already been but at Alabama. I mean, they can't talk in number two overall player. No, but at, uh, number two overall quarterback. Quarterback. So, yeah, that's, yeah. yeah you, I, that's what I meant. But. So yeah, that this kid looked every bit of all of that, and this sets up. You know, for those that did not want it to happen, uh, this sets up a way for Alabama to get into the college football playoff. Like you, you needed something goofy like this. You still need Georgia to get beat, and you know we're not going to talk about it. But Alabama did look good without Tua yesterday. So they were, of course, it's Western Carolina, it's whatever. But Mac Jones made some really good throws. Like it wasn't dink and dunk and whatever. And that's what everybody no, wanted to see. Air. Say it what? was against air. It was against air. But yeah, but but you still wanted to see it at least against air. So that's that's okay. all I'm saying. I don't okay. I don't know that it happens, but what you needed to have happen to get in Alabama into the playoff, it's it's rolling that direction. So we'll we'll see what happens next week because I still think it's likely they get beat by Auburn. But do you think if Bama beats Auburn, they're in over a one loss Utah or a one loss Baylor or a one loss Oklahoma? Because right now they're ranked ahead of all those teams. I think they are. So, I think so Utah all of those teams will have that one extra data point of the championship game, but other than that, will that be enough to jump Bama? I think that they have shown that they do not like the Big Twelve for whatever reason. So I think I that Alabama it's weird could to me that they don't like the Big Twelve, but for some reason they really like the Pac twelve. Right. And the Pac twelve is I think outside of the top two teams, far inferior to the Big Twelve. Yeah, I, I think I kind of agree with that. I I kind of agree with that. Um, but and now this is all going based on what we have seen. Um, let's see. What I, else are we basing on, Gary? That's a, well. It, hold on. Mike jumps in. He said Alabama needs Baylor to win the Big Twelve and Oregon to beat Utah. And I think that's probably right. I think they would put Oklahoma in over Alabama. I think they would put Utah in over Alabama. I don't think they would put Baylor. They have not liked Baylor, and I don't know what they're seeing that they don't like, but. I mean, that's that's just going based on 
what they've what what we've seen them do from the rankings so far. But right? in order for them to do that, they've got to just. I mean, Oklahoma has to jump Bama in that situation, though, because right now all of those teams are behind them. Yeah, and that's no. I think that they can though, because obviously you said they've got that thirteenth data point. They'll have the extra data point. Yeah. Okay. So, let's see. Uh, Ghost Dog said Alabama will get the bump. Georgia can't beat LSU playing defense for four quarters. I, I, my my fear in that game, I've already got conspiracy theory, Chris, coming out that because I watched that Georgia Oklahoma uh, A&M game last night. Yeah, I, I think I think Georgia's going to play as dirty as you can, and I think the refs aren't going to throw a single flag on them because the SEC wants two teams in, and they know for a fact if Georgia beats LSU in the SEC title game, they get two. If, yeah. if LSU beats Georgia, they might get two with Bama, but they don't know that, and that's the issue. Well, I will say this: um, it, if you know you're going to have the games between the Big Twelve and the Pac Twelve happening before the SEC championship game, so if there is some uh, chicanery, then you would know going beforehand, like before the game starts. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, let's see. Let me let's jump into the next game. We uh, we stayed on this one for a little while. <laughs> Next game up. Well, maybe not the best game of the night, but the other. It was the the most important as far as. Most impactful game to the end result of the season. Yes. Uh, Next one up Ohio State 28, Penn State 17. Now, uh, we have somebody. Mike jumped in. He said, I think Minnesota has a slim chance. No chance in the world Minnesota beats Ohio State. No chance. So, so we can Ooh. we can get that out of here. We, we're going to disagree on the no chance in the world. So, oh, I did. look, that you you can disagree and you can be wrong, and that's fine. Minnesota is a a fun team, and I have enjoyed rooting for them. I think there is no way, there is no way. Uh, this Ohio State game, the the thing that turned the tide in this game, I think, was the difference in bringing in the backup quarterback for Penn State. I don't think Ohio State was ready for this at all. I think they were ready for Sean Clifford. When it came to the points of the game where it mattered, they were still able to make the plays to win the game. They they still had opportunity to to cover the 17-and-a-half in this spot. Uh, you look at team stats. I mean, Penn State only had 227 yards. They had but that's a, Penn State football. I understand that. But they, and Ohio State had 417. Um, I mean, it, it was... It, yeah, it, they, they dominated the game. Mike jumped in. He said they, uh, they shot themselves in the foot, but they completely dominated. Yeah, they, they dominated this football game. And, I mean, three turnovers for Ohio State at, to one for Penn State, which typically it's the other way around. Like, this was a weird, weird game. And you knew one of these was coming. Uh, but I will like, you go ahead and say what you're going to talk about for, uh, for next week's game. Like a Michigan and Penn State, Michigan. Defense, this is the first defense that Ohio State has played the entire year. It's the first time a team hit them, hit yeah. them in the mouth, and tried to to stop them and shut them down. They scored 14 points in the first half. They scored immediately after the second half when they got the ball, and then after that, they didn't score again until Penn State was making this thing a ball game and coming in close. Yeah, and they had mistakes, they had turnovers. This Penn State team is not close to the Michigan team defense. They're just not. They're good. They're not great. If Ohio State plays the way they've played in the last two games and Michigan plays the way they've played in the last four games, Michigan's going to beat them, and it won't be pretty. Yeah, I think I agree with you. And Ohio State, I stand by my previous statement from last week. This Ohio State team does not scare me. I've watched two weeks of them not looking dominant. Now, one team was against air, just complete air. And the other team was against a good team, but not a great team, at home on senior day. And, and this is the biggest crowd, the craziest thing. Game day's there. Fox is there. Everybody's there. This is the biggest game they got. And that was the best they showed up. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it, the caliber of talent that they've been playing all year has inflated the way we think of them. And when they finally played a defense and a team that's halfway decent to good, they just don't look impressive. They, they made mistakes like everybody else makes mistakes. They're not invincible. They're not unbeatable. 
this is probably the best thing that could have happened to Ohio State is for them to realize, oh, we're not superhuman. Because before, I think they just think they're going to walk in and beat everybody by 40 because they've been able to. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we got to figure it out, though, because next week, next week's not going to be pretty. No, it's not going to be easy at all. Uh, we had somebody jump in and say, uh, what's the news on Justin Fields' hand? All right, Mike Mike jumped in. He said, hand is fine, a slight ankle sprain. Um, yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, and Fields should be fine. Yeah, I think he's, he's going to be fine. He's going to be good to go for next week. That, uh, that won't be a problem. Uh, I, yeah. it, William says the Big Ten race is still open. Uh, I think Ohio State's wrapped up that side. Yeah, if they – well, Michigan's only got one conference loss. So they, no, they, they got two conference losses. They got they got Wisconsin and Penn State. Oh, they've all. You're right. You're, yeah. I, I so Big Ten East is locked up. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, we'll we'll see. Obviously, game day going to Minneapolis, Minnesota. That's fun, by the way. Yeah. Uh, we were just talking about Minnesota. I I don't think they got a shot against Ohio State, but Four they could different. easily beat Wisconsin right now. Wisconsin's not playing. This is going to be a good. This is going to be a good game. I think. Yeah, I think it's good on college game day for going to this game, like and not right. going to Ann Arbor. You know, no. This is this is good. I'm I'm glad they're doing this. So yep. it's good for PJ Fleck. Good for that program. Um, let's move on. Third topic of the morning: Oklahoma, just skating by, just skating by. Oklahoma twenty eight, TCU twenty four. This is after. Um, this is after they go up 21 to nothing in this ballgame. This is the opposite of what happened last week. Yes. Uh, and this is what they do. I mean, they, they were up big on Iowa State. That's right. Iowa State came back on. You're, I forgot about that. That's exactly how that game went. The, uh, the first down that was ruled in this ballgame, tell me your thoughts on it. I, I saw it after it happened. Um. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's everything I expect about, and I don't know that there's always conspiracies. I think these people are just really bad at their jobs. I I do. It just seems to always go the way of the big mega program and never seems to go away of the little guy. I I don't, I don't know how to explain that other than that. I mean, I I always, and, and I really do try to always see things in the sense of, is this, is this planned evil or is this incompetence? And and I'm talking 99.9% of the time, it's just always stupidity. It's always incompetence. Nobody's trying to do something that bad that benefits one team or another, but it seems to all, I just can't find situations where the little guy, the little team, the lesser opponent, you know, opponent gets the benefit of these bullcrap calls. Yeah. I mean, we, we haven't seen it go against the big boys yet. And I don't know that we ever will. And it doesn't in any sport. This is not a college football prog- no. problem. It doesn't in any sport. That's a, Mike asks a good question on YouTube. He said, I don't understand how Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma can't put their foot on other teams' throats and end them. And that's – look. When you don't play defense, you, you, you just have to – and I'm going to tell you this. Wait, it's Jay- not just defense, though. It's Jaylen when you turn no the ball up. I don't think Jalen is going to New York anymore. I think he has lost his ability. He's got too many turnovers. He, he's reckless with the ball in the red zone far too many times. He is not a Heisman Trophy hopeful. He's just not. No, I, mean, I, I don't think I've ever seen a Heisman be this sewn up at you know in the last two, three weeks of the season. But but all the guys that were in contention with Burrow are gone. They're killing themselves. Well, to be fair, I mean, Jalen Hurts, you know, the one interception, what was it, two fumbles? Yeah, two fumbles and an interception all within, like, the five-yard line, though. Yeah. I mean, it, like, it, it definitely – Those are scoring opportunities, and you're losing the football. Yeah. Uh, Jalen, as far as the season stats go, like, he was only 11 of 21 yesterday. They only threw for 145 yards because – That's Gary Patterson, sir. Uh, it, well, you can say that, but Gary Patterson's known for stopping the run. And Oklahoma ran for 366 yards on them. Like, I, I get that. I'm going to tell you, Gary Patterson's a defensive coach. He doesn't yeah. just stop one or the other. No, he He's takes a, away what, what you do best. And what they do best is throw the football. Uh, Mike jumps in and asks a question to you. He said, who's going to New York then? 
Burrow, and I think he's going by himself. He ain't going by himself. I think I think it's going to be Jalen Hurts, and I mean, do we you wheel two out there in a wheelchair? Yeah, maybe. That would be the worst optics they could ever do. But well, no. By, by that point, no, he he won't be in a wheelchair at that point. Like he'll be able to walk around. So he'll he he'll be walking in a walker. That'd be, that'd be great. That'd be great. Got the little tennis balls on the bottom of it. That's exactly what we want to see. <laughs> College football at its best, boys. There let's, you go. Let's take something great and let's screw it up as royally possible as we can. Let's see. Uh, William says, Kennedy Brooks is OU's safest weapon. Uh, Mike said, does a Buckeye go? If anybody, I would say probably Justin Fields. I think um, so, too. I think Ohio State is pushing this, this, this uh, Chase Young narrative. You need to be pushing Fields. Yeah. Fields, like, he doesn't have a shot. He's not going to win it. But he can at least represent your school. Yeah, I agree. Uh, our buddy Kenneth finally got into one. He uh, he said, good morning, guys. But he, you remember Kenneth uh, had, had come in, I think, on one live show that we did last season at some point. And, yeah, he, uh, he finally got in this morning. So, some of you guys that are hopping in, obviously, we've got several people watching on the live stream. Thank you guys so much. Of course, share the show out. We uh we appreciate you guys for hopping in. This is always a good time whenever we do these recaps on Sunday mornings. Yeah. Um, all right, so yeah, if for Heisman, I would push Fields. He doesn't have the stats to be able to keep up. Um, no, he's not gonna win, but he's your best option to go and represent the school over yeah. a defensive player. Yes, especially one that that got suspended. <laughs> so, yeah, and it wasn't necessarily. I mean, it, it was his fault, but it was. It wasn't like. Well, you, you know, know how I feel about this whole thing. So. I, know, I know, I know. I don't have a problem with him getting paid, but but now we're going to act like he paid the money back. No, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. And then where the hell did he come up with five thousand dollars? He doesn't have a job. Yeah, or however much. It a really was. good job. I can't just I can't just walk outside and That's give it. five G's to somebody. They they want you to uh, set up a payment plan and you can pay it. Yeah. You know, da, 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 da. it's it, the whole thing. Maybe ten dollars a week. It's on, the James man. Wiseman thing. It's like, hey. Uh, pay the eleven thousand five hundred bucks to thousand dollars. Where's the cost gig get eleven G's at? Well, it's, so here's the thing: they set up a payment plan. He has to make the first payment, which I think only has to be like two hundred fifty bucks, as a, a sign of good faith, and then he can set it out over four years. Well, he's going to be an NBA player next year, so well, he'll true. be able to pay that no problem. But I mean, what what happens if the charity that you pay, pay back to? He's not paying. He's not writing that check. No, somebody else is going to write the check. But but what happens if the the money that that comes quote from him goes back to like the university of Memphis. Yeah. Like into whatever charitable thing they've got going on with the school. Like that. Oh, it's not going to go to charity. I'm just saying, I'm just going to go to the athletic department. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. Just throwing it out. Let, let's anyway. talk about, uh, let's talk about the SEC. Okay. Georgia not 19. SEC. Yeah. Well, this was a terrible day for the SEC. Yeah, it kind of was. It kind of was. Everybody wants to crap on their FCS scheduling in week 13. Does it matter if it happens in week five as opposed to week 13? Like, I don't think so. But they, I will say this, they are moving away from it starting next season. I don't you know, know. That just means September is going to be worthless in the SEC, by the way. Yeah, well, like, next September, next September you got Alabama, Georgia. And then next November, the last two weeks of the season in the SEC West, you've got LSU Auburn. Are actually going to play in the regular season for the first time in like thirty years. Yeah, I know, right? Well, wow. hey, so so Georgia, Texas A and M. This is the first time that these two had met since A and M joined the conference in two thousand twelve. Oh wow, I didn't realize that. Yeah, first time they have played. That is yeah. absurd. Like, there's yeah. no reason to have we, we have to we have to get away from the way we do scheduling in the SEC it's so terrible Jimbo did say something interesting he said that they are looking at going to three like the the pod system three yeah. regular opponents five rotating and he and they obviously haven't talked much about this but he said that you know they have been notified the conference is talking about it so yeah that's that's interesting but it, as far as the scheduling stuff goes next year uh, the last week before rivalry week, you've got LSU, Auburn, Alabama, and um, is it Alabama A and M? I think that's right. LSU, Auburn, Alabama A and M, and then Alabama, Auburn, and then LSU A and M. And M. I knew that. I knew that. So, well, we the the best thing um, Joe Oliva did at LSU, and Les Miles did at LSU, was push for LSU to finish the season with A and M. 
So every other year they get to end the year in Texas recruiting. Yeah. And we've gotten a ton of kids from Texas by doing that. Yeah. One of the smartest things they've done in a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Kenneth, Kenneth jumped in. He said, Bama played Biloxi junior high yesterday. And he said, well, I guess you can say LSU did too. So, <laughs> hey, man. Hey, man. Still a conference opponent. You can't change that. You can't fault somebody for paying a conference opponent. We all have to play all the teams in the West. Yeah. And and sometimes they're just bad. And yeah. this year. Yeah. I mean, all the big team got to play Rutgers. We don't fault them for that. We just laugh at them when they do. No, you're right about that. And then we bet against them because they're going to cover. Yeah. That's, I, I couldn't believe LSU got the cover last night. Could not believe we didn't, it. We didn't get the cover. What are you talking about? They won 56 to Oh, they it was only 36. 36 That's right. It was 56 to 20. So it was 36. I had, I had LSU first half. I had LSU minus 42. It fall all the way to 42. And I had the under 69. And the damn end of the game busted all of it. I lost all three <laughs> plays. I was so pissed off. It's, we we have not even touched on the Georgia A and M game. Okay, um, let's get into that game because that was a real football game. This was not. This the, was. This we didn't was, even have third stringers in. I think we let a yeah. water boy hand the ball off a couple of times. Oh yeah, At LSU, no problem there. You know, but but Georgia did have problems with A and M. Yeah, um, a lot of them. Yeah, the only touchdown that Georgia scored was a travesty of officiating. That was. The most, not the most egregious, but it's up there. Um, it's up there. I mean, it's up there because the official was six feet from them and nobody was between them and the official. It's not like, oh, there was a big offensive lineman blocking. I didn't see it. Yeah. Directly in front of him, the snap goes, the receiver immediately jumps out, grabs the DB's face mask, flings him behind him, and then takes off running. Yeah. And no flag, no nothing. Wide open in the end zone for a touchdown. Yeah, it was. Now you I will throw that football, Gary. I will you say throw this. That ball and that guy. I will say this. It was a beautiful throw from Jake Fromm. <laughs> to a wide open dude. <laughs> he was playing against air. Yeah, I mean oh. it's just. Yeah, Larry jumps in. Uh, he said A and M got no love from the refs, and that's true. Like there were not well, a. They're not going to. Yeah. Georgia's going to get every call in the SEC games from here on out because that is the guaranteed money rules all this stuff, and that is the guaranteed way to get two opponents, uh, two teams in. Yeah, and that's that's yeah, that's the guaranteed because way. Because if Georgia loses that game, we're not getting two teams in no matter what. Well, no, Georgia would not beat LSU and have two losses and get in as a two loss champion. No, they I agree. I agree there. But with Alabama still sitting at five, there's still the opportunity. Maybe, maybe. But that's but a maybe. Yeah, it's a guarantee. Yeah, you no, know, you're. I think you're right. I think you're 100 percent right. You know how the SEC does things, man. We, oh yeah, you know, we're like the FBI. We we don't take risks. There is chicanery there. Unless it's a slam dunk. So yeah, yeah. I uh, I'm with you. Larry jumped in. He uh, he said also smart play, Chris on Utah. That wasn't Chris player. That was me. I bet that Utah game. <laughs> That was one of Gary's two wins. Now we can't take that away from. Don't be him. taking my, my my two wins away. Let's see. He needs those. He needs those. So I didn't bet against him. I did, but it was late, and it was just because all the dogs were coming in late. There you go. Uh, there you go. He said, "I mean, Gary." <laughs> there you go. I'm sorry. Uh, total yards in this A and M Georgia game: uh, two seventy four for A and M, two sixty for Georgia. It. This was. Almost like it, to me. Obviously, I love defensive games. I think that the the scheming that goes into them, um, it it makes every play more intense because one busted play changes the whole thing, which right? is what we got. One busted play changed the game, right? And in this situation, I mean, A and M had negative one yard rushing on the day. Yeah. That is now, of course, that's obviously with sacks and everything yeah. else thrown in because. It's done differently in college than the NFL. So I, I hate the way we do sacks in college football. Yeah, I just it's wrong. Uh, I did hit the under forty four in this game. Yes, well, and, yeah, and it never got close. Nobody busted twenty. Like it, it, it was. It, this was an interesting game because I, I think that at this point in the season, Jimbo Fisher finally has this team looking the way that he wants them to. Have you well, they're seen? Not, they're not all young. I mean, we talked about how inexperienced this team was before the season started, and that was your worry with them, and you were right on that, by the way. 
they're not inexperienced anymore. They have played the biggest juggernaut of a schedule maybe in the history of college football. Well, it, look, South Carolina also, you know, has to run through a lot of the same thing. A lot um, of the same thing, but South Carolina didn't have LSU and um, and um, who was the other team? There were two games. That, oh, and didn't have Auburn. That's okay. Yeah, you, yeah, you got a very. And they point. also had to go to Georgia, to LSU, and to Clemson. So three of those five games on the road. Yeah, tough places to play. Just, just um, insane gauntlet that they've gone through. But this team is battle tested. I, I, I told you this before the season started. I liked them this year. I was, I might be a year early. I, I don't know what LSU or Bama are going to look like next year. I'm going to take A and M blind right now. Well, it, it, let's it, obviously because we are we are you know talking about A and M right now. I, I told you before the season that I think the 2020 is the year. You did. You you said th- th- this is a year too early. I want you to listen to their schedule next year. Oh, I'm going to oh, run through it super fast. Worse. Can't be worse than this year. Abilene Christian. I like it. North Texas. Okay. Colorado at home. Sweet. Arkansas at Mississippi State. Fresno State at Auburn. That's it, you know. The we'll end see. of the year is going to be a business for them because that okay. is a moonwalk. Oh, hold on. It gets better. At South Carolina, okay. Ole Miss, Vanderbilt is their cross opponent. And then to end the season at Alabama, and then LSU at home. They will be 10-0. I, I would almost guarantee it. They will be, Now, obviously, they've got the game at Auburn, but I, I think they can win that one because Auburn loses all those defensive linemen, all the, the defensive playmakers. they're going to be really good next year, too. Forget about how bad the schedule is. Yeah. They're going to be real. All these guys are coming back. They're not losing anybody. That's uh, A&M, A&M, yeah. A&M, yeah. football coach. Yes. And so, so they will be ten and zero going to Alabama on November twenty first next year. I feel really good about my 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 SEC pick for next year already. Yeah, I feel really good about that. No, I can believe that. So in this game, A and M did have a turnover. It was costly. Um, yeah, it, it this this game. Uh, Ghost Dog jumps in. He said Georgia has to fix their third down issue, or the championship will get ugly soon. Uh, third down efficiency, Georgia. You know, five out of fifteen, not awful. They but, just have to fix their offense. I don't know what the hell is wrong. They have talent. They have incredible talent on the offensive side. Their offensive line, their running backs, their quarterback is supposed to be all-world, and they have some big athletic receivers. How in the hell they look so mediocre on offense every week? I don't get it. I, I don't say it. I don't either. What are we doing? I, this team should be putting up Alabama LSU numbers on offense. They should be, right? Yeah, well, they're, they just play a different style of game. I mean, it, they. Why college football is not going that way? Oh, I know why. Because Kirby's an idiot. That's because Kirby is still running the Nick Saban 2012 Alabama offense. Because he's an idiot. It, I mean, yeah, I mean, we could okay. say that. Yeah. Uh, Larry jumps in real quick. He said, uh, "Biggest upset to me was Washington losing to Colorado. I would have guessed ASU winning before Colorado. Look, Colorado has Lavisca Chenault. He is a." He can change Dynamite. any game, any time, yeah. and he won't be there next year, right? And Oh, no, no, no. He's gone. Oh, so A&M don't have to worry about him. No, ain't got to worry about him. He's going to be a, a top 15 NFL draft pick. He is a stud. Stud. Hey, can we talk about what I heard last night watching that Colorado-Washington game? Yeah, let's, we, go on and, let's go on and talk can, about that. Can we um, talk about this for a minute? Because I, I lost my mind on, on, on our group chat trying to figure out how did this happen. Surely I heard this wrong. Rewinded it three or four times. So so Colorado is just handling Washington at this time. And and so the announcers, I don't even know who the announcer was, was was just telling stories. And he talked about how he was the head coach for Colorado is is like really good to his GAs, graduate assistants. Yeah, Mel Tucker. Yeah. Because he was yeah, Mel Tucker, because he because he was a GA at Alabama and he tells stories about how he had to go as a GA. He was made to go pick up the coach's daughter, and from school every day. And he had to get the showers started for the coaches. And 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 then the announcer said that, and then he just moved on with the story. Like that's normal freaking behavior for an adult male to have another guy get your shower started for you. So I'm thinking, well. You can't just say that on national TV and then just roll on like we all have somebody get our shower started for us. Yeah. 
my five-year-old, I get my shower started for my five-year-old because she's five. My eight-year-old, I don't have to do that because she's not a moron. I, I, I think I think Mel Tucker had to wash Saban's wrinkled old ass. I think that's part of the GA like response is is how getting the shower started is is he just he just has to shower these guys like he wants a rub down. This, this was uh, when Saban was at Michigan State, by the way. So ninety-seven. Oh, well, who was the coach there? Yeah, yeah. I, who was this coach, and and why has he got another guy that's obviously a twenty-something-year-old dude getting showers started for adults? Now I have no idea. I, I rewound it three times to make sure I didn't hear him wrong, and that's exactly what it is. If somebody has ever worked as a GA and has any under, or like Alabama showers so bad that you've got to like like prime them and pump them to like get them going. I mean, we gotta we gotta heat the water up in like a in like a boiling vat. I mean, what, I, I, I could going? see like I could see somebody coming in starting the showers for like the team, right? Like you just it, you just got to yeah. run in and knock it out, but like. It, I don't know. It, but as far as what they were, <laughs> Kenneth said, can you imagine what Saban's GAs are doing now? Jesus. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> oh, that's it, fantastic. It haunts my dreams. Let's uh, let's talk some, uh, some Big 12, some more Big 12. Baylor yeah. 24, Texas 10, and man. Uh, Five-loss football team. Well, and Texas didn't five. score a touchdown until four seconds left in the game. Tom Herman's an offensive genius. Yeah. That that was it, that was just an ugly game. LSU might have gotten so lucky, so lucky. Sometimes, like my mama used to always tell me when I was little, the biggest blessings are the things you didn't get, not the things that you got. And and you know, this is one of those situations. I tried to I tried to tell Mississippi State guys that when they tried to get Pruitt and Pruitt was looking like a dumpster fire. Maybe I was wrong on that. Maybe they'd rather have Pruitt than than more in. Yeah, but this is one of those situations where. The biggest blessing LSU ever could have got was maybe not getting the guy they wanted. Yeah, they they, they, they wanted Tom Herman. They didn't get him. Uh, did you see Herman before the ball game like headbutting like guys oh, yeah. with their helmets on? Yeah, I mean it was just crazy. I think he's pulling out all the stops. He's doing anything to get his guys fired up. Yeah, and it, hang on. If you're trying to do that to get your guys fired up, is that a is that a a is he just does he acknowledge? I, I'm these guys aren't responding to me. Like that's kind of what it seemed like. Like I mean, that is a desperation move. That's, that's something your like your your strength and conditioning coach does. That is that is that is not what the head coach does. Yeah, I mean it. It, it was yeah. I, I just I mean I couldn't Houston, understand. That year that he knew he was going to leave Houston, he did the weird thing where he like kissed all his players before the game. Yeah, and like you know you're leaving and you're putting your mouth on my face. Come on, dude. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. Um, Baylor was able to uh, capitalize off of Texas mistakes. And it wasn't like a ton of them. It wasn't just like, you know, turnover fest, whatever. Um, they just kept putting pressure on. This yeah. Baylor defense is up there as the best defense, one of the best defenses in the country. They're not getting the credit for it nationally that they deserve, but they are suffocating. They are swarming when they are at full strength and healthy. You are not moving the football on them. Yeah. Texas's offense is really good. Sam Ellinger is a hell of a football cut player. It, it, he couldn't do anything. They, uh, it, I will say this, like as far as running the football, like the stats, you just look at the stats, and this is a close ball game. I mean, it was three ninety one total yards to three ninety one total yards. Texas had one hundred ninety one rushing yards, only had two hundred passing yards. Um, so I, I think you can run on them. Oh yeah, is so aggressive with the pass rush. Yes, if because because you just run at the best way to break a blitz is to run at the blitz, and you know defensive guy goes this way, your guy goes this way, and. If you miss him, he's got 20 yards before the safety gets there. Well, Ellinger had 19 rushes for uh, for 79 yards, and that's what that was. That's right. That's exactly what that was. He just ran at the blitz. Oh, shit, this guy's coming through untouched. Whoop, make him miss, and now I've got space. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, this, Damn, if they don't miss, it's ugly. It is second and 18. I, I will say this. Penalties, uh-huh. big part of this ball game. Five penalties for 35 yards for Baylor, so nothing major. You know, it averaged six yards a penalty. Nothing. They're a really well coached football uh, team. Who would have thought that yeah. they don't get a lot of penalties? Um, Texas nine penalties for a hundred and four yards. When they got penalties, they were uh, of the severe variety. Well, their defense, 
their their DBs, and we know this, their DBs can't cover anybody. And so when they got some of those pass interference calls were good pass interference calls. I mean, if I don't if I don't PI this guy, this is six. And so I'm yep. just gonna tackle him. I'm just gonna jerk his arm back. I mean, <laughs> if I don't do that, he's gone because they can't cover anybody. Yeah, you're right. So Texas five losses. They gotta beat uh Texas Tech next week in order to ensure a winning season. That's, is Texas gonna end up in the Liberty Bowl? Uh, maybe. I hope so. That'd be oh, good for please, Memphis. Please come to Memphis, boys. Bring bring that stank to Memphis. Come on. I don't know how many of them you're gonna hear from this go round. <laughs> As many I, of them that gave you hell last year, told you that Texas would be undefeated before they would have another four-loss season, and now they got five before the end of the – I mean. Woo. Well, they didn't have a four-loss season. They were right on that. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> Mike, he said, Texas going to a bowl. Yes, they're going yeah, to – they've got six Texas, wins. Texas Tech is, is not going to – No, even, even if Texas Tech beats them, they're still going to a bowl. I mean, they got six wins, and everybody wants Texas. Oh, that's right. They already got six. That's right. Yeah, they already got six. So they're, they're good on that. But, whoo, man, that's uh, – they're four and four hey, in conference. Is, let me ask you an honest question. Okay, we'll, I'll quit dicking around for a minute. Is Herman in trouble? Not yet. Now here's the other question: Is this job too big for him? Yeah, that's a now that's a valid question. Uh, it might be. Like I, I I think there's still too many cooks in the kitchen there. There's too many guys that want to to have their hands in that football program, and it, I I thought he would be one of the coaches, one of the the few in the country that yeah, would be able to to get off. Yeah, that would be able to get rid of all of the the riffraff, right? Like get everybody out of the the all the boosters and whatnot out of there and he be the voice. And I think that they are like it it appears to me that they are still running that program and he is not able to, you know, take a firm control of it. Now it this has that has nothing to do necessarily with wins and losses like on the field. Obviously, what's going on on the field is his fault, but the atmosphere surrounding the program yes is a cesspool. Yeah. Like it's just bad, and and when you have a bad atmosphere, a bad vibe, it obviously it's going to spill over into the games, and I that's agree. that's what's going on. And so, uh, Mike said, I think Herman needs two years and take control of better assistance. I agree, Gary. Yeah, he. He needs to get rid of Todd Orlando yesterday. Man, uh, we thought Todd Orlando was going to be good before the season started. Todd Orlando wasn't even good at Houston, though. Like he, he was never good, like with Houston with uh, with Tom Herman. Like he just but we always said it was because of the talent they had at Houston on defense. Yeah. Oh, now hang on. Let me ask you this question then. All right. <clears throat> Is this a Gene Chizik Gus Malzahn situation where Gus? got so upset with Gene because he took all the best athletes that got recruited at Auburn and put them on defense and wouldn't give Gus any athletes on offense. Is this the opposite where you got an offensive minded coach, all these, cause all these great athletes that play high school ball, they play both sides of the ball. Most of them just say athlete next to him. All right. Yeah. And he's just saying, I'm taking all of them. I'm putting them on offense. And Orlando's like, dude, I got no guys. I got nothing but like three stars over here on defense. You got five stars everywhere. Like, give me a couple of dudes on defense. I mean, do you need them all? I mean, I, that was that was the headbutt between Chizik and, and Malzahn. Remember that? Yeah, no, I do remember that. Because um, they got too much damn talent in Texas. I mean, they walk outside, they get any kid they want. I think they will be a little better next year. Uh, the The only reason I say that is those guys that are young. We knew that this was going to be kind of a rebuilding year, right? Will Orlando be back next year? I don't think he will be. I think okay. that is uh, you, you now, lose. Will they be better? We just need to know who they're going to hire. Yeah, well, yes, that's true, but I, I don't think it could be much worse. For I mean, obviously, you can have Charlie Strong years where you win four ball games, but Dex Smith's looking for a job. You think he can coach up the defense? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't think it could be any worse, honestly. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, th- this whole thing. They they will be better next year because they will be more experienced. They have a ton. Well, Sam will be better next year too. I think. I think some of the mistakes he makes is, well, he'll get a lot better about that. Yes, yes. He's still a hell of a quarterback. Well, and, and and the injury bug hit them like a ton of bricks this year. They won't yeah, have to deal with that as healthy much. now. Like they're back. All those defensive players that got hurt earlier playing now. Yeah, but they were all young guys. 
Like they just uh, they don't so have they don't experience. Have, you're okay. All right, so they don't have the game reps because they missed a lot. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll give them that. I'll give you that. That's, that makes sense. That's uh, Mike said. Everyone is stealing from Texas. Uh, no, Orlando is out. Kenneth said, "How can the Texas defense be so bad with that talent? They're inexperienced, uh, and the, and and they run a bad scheme." It's just it's a terrible scheme. Well, I was gonna say A and M's inexperienced, and and they just held a pretty damn good offense to nineteen yeah. points, and one of those touchdowns was bullcrap. So. Well, let's not go crazy and call Georgia a pretty good offense, all right? <laughs> like that's that's talent not a pretty wise, good. Offense. If you're looking at talent, I'm not talking about scheme. Talent oh yeah, talent. Wise, Georgia, yeah. Georgia is really good. Well, yeah, talent wise, yes. Uh, and then William <laughs> said, William said, remember when Texas used to recruit running backs? Like, oh yeah, I do. That was a long time ago. That's been a long time ago. Let's uh let's let's jump into the ACC right quick, um, yeah. and I've only got a, a few more things to hit on before we hit our hour. Um, Virginia Tech twenty eight Pitt nothing. Now I'm not gonna I ain't spending long on this one, but man, Virginia Tech put the clamps down on well, Pittsburgh. All right, early line for the Virginia Virginia Tech game. What you got? I'm gonna say Virginia. I think this would be a pick 'em. I'm gonna say Virginia minus three because it's it's at home. So, oh my gosh! I still, I still think I, I was thinking Vatek minus like four or five in that Vegas zone, not no. a touchdown. No, no way. I no think way. so. I think Vatek beats her, but I think Virginia Tech has figured this thing out. They have turned this season. Them and them in Michigan are the tale of two seasons, like I've never seen before. I've never seen a team look so bad at a certain point early and then just flip a switch and then just start beating the hell out of people and not really making mistakes. One of the one of the best predictors for the uh, the spread is the Sagarin rating. So, let's see. Virginia is 77.98, Virginia Tech is 76.83. So, they have Virginia as yeah, a Jason, yeah. As basically a one point favorite, and that's without home field advantage. Oh, that's, he, right. that's without home field. So you, you might be right. Yeah, home field advantage. He puts a two point three two. So if you got him at one, and then you add the two point three two, I'm with three you. points. So Virginia minus three at home, I think, will be the line. Obviously, Circa releases those early at uh, one p.m. Central. I know, um, I know a bet I'll be making next week. Uh, yeah, I could, I could believe that. Uh, let's see, we've got. Uh, let me read some of these. That are coming in. Larry said, Virginia Tech's coming on. Mike said, I agree, Gary. Sometimes coaches over scheme and don't let kids play fast and with instincts, just like Ohio State last year. Agreed with that. Uh, Mike said, Virginia Tech minus three and a half. Mike, we will disagree there. And uh, William Brown said, Fuente is, uh, are also known as Dr. Jekyll. I think it was just over-exaggerated how bad the program was early in the season. Like, obviously, we looked at things and thought that they meant one thing, uh, and that wasn't what it meant. And now it, he did have to figure out that quarterback situation. Yeah, and man. Once he figured it out, though, like this team is playing gangbusters right now. They are. It, it, let me let me read off the stats here. They are the ACC. Clemson needs them to beat the crap out of Virginia. Yes, they just so they can so they can get ranked, be up there, and have some kind of conference opponent this year. That's all they need. Yes. Um. Virginia Tech held Pittsburgh to 3 out of 15 on third down, held them to 177 total yards, only 60 yards rushing on 27 attempts. Uh, and, and that was only with one turnover. Virginia Tech held the football for 35 minutes in this game. I mean, it was, it was a beatdown. It was it was twenty one to nothing at the half. That I thought we were going to get before the season started. They started the season with like three or four games looking like pit of old, can't score, can't move the football. Then they went like on a six game run where they looked like Mike Leach took over their offense, and they were just points galore, airing it out, throwing it all over the place. And now they've gone back to we're just going to ground and pound and slow the game down. Do they do they know what they want to be? Uh, no. <laughs> this is weird to see this team go from like, all right, slow and boring. Nope, let's throw everything out. We got Central Florida coming in. We are breaking open a whole new playbook. And they did. And then they went on like six-game tear where the offense looked fun to watch, capable, and competent. And then they were just like, Virginia Tech's coming in. All right, we got to slow back down, guys. We got to yeah. go back to the 90s. But that, they couldn't convert on third down. And when you can't do that, obviously you can't hold on to the football. Yeah, and but that's, some of that's because those third downs were convertible. Yeah, they, they just they just were boring. Let's run it up the gut and see if we can get it. 
No, no, break up with that weird, you know, that two-point conversion play that you used that worked really good against UCF. Yeah. Like, what it, it's special. innovated to try to get these two yards. Uh, Hendon Hooker, the quarterback for Virginia Tech, by the way, had a 226.6 quarterback rating. Is that 10, good? 10 out of 13. Uh, that's, that's pretty, pretty <laughs> duh, Larry, back to Larry David, right? Pretty, pretty, pretty good. 10 out of 13, 153 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Kid was unbelievable. And, and but and what's crazy? It's been good. He only had to throw 13 times. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'm just I'm I'm floored. He, he took my they took my Mike Lombardi defensive philosophy and turned it to offense. Yeah, the best way to have a good quarterback rating is to not play quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> Don't throw the football. You got that right. That's uh, it, it complete the ones that you throw. Yeah. Um and then just quit. Oh, it's, I got I got ten out of thirteen. We're not throwing it the rest of the day. I don't want to mess this rabbit up. No, you're right about that. Uh, Mike jumps in really quick. He said, uh, "Speaking of Mike Leach, do you think he's on the hot seat? They they did lose yesterday. No, no chance. Washington State will not get a coach nearly as good as him. Mike, Mike um, Leach's biggest problem, and we we in college football, if you've watched him long enough, you understand he'll never be able being at the schools that he's been at, the two schools that he's ran." He'll never be able to be a year-in and year-out guy because they just don't recruit that kind of talent. He's one of those guys that every two to three years he'll be good because he's getting nothing but two and three stars up there, you know, a couple of transfers, and and he got to develop them into what he wants them to be. Last year they lost a lot of dudes, so that means this year they weren't going to be good. Next year – They'll be better than they are this year, but the year after that, look out, they'll probably be pretty dangerous. And that's just what happens when you can't get talent every year uh, to, to, to re- replenish what you got. I mean, Northwestern's the same thing, right? Like we talk about these schools that can compete sometimes. I think Stanford's kind of becoming that, is every two to three years they'll have a really good team, but they're not going to be this every year. We're going to finish in the top 10, top 15 anymore. That's, by the way, I was wrong on that. They won last night. I knew they won. I don't know why I said they lost. They they won fifty four to fifty three over Oregon State. No. Uh, anybody that bet the under in that game, what are you thinking? Well, you I mean, got just, what you got because I mean, I mean the total was like seventy six and a half, but there was no chance that was ever going under. No. Um, but that yeah, Washington State did win. Um, Williams said uh, that UCLA game broke their confidence, and it, no, he's not on the hot seat because I mean Washington State six and five, they're going to a bowl game. Like, if you can go to bowl games regularly at Washington State. I, mean, I yeah. think that's the standard there. Yeah. And here's the thing. They got a hell of a shot at the Apple Cup. They win six games and they beat Washington. That is a school that that's their season. Now, we nationally, especially us two, love him. So, we put him up on a pedestal a little higher than everybody else. But their real true, you know, standards are six and six beat Washington. Yeah. They uh and and to be fair, William jumped in. He said that UCLA game broke their confidence. I that's a hundred percent true. I I think that that killed that football team for a little while. I don't know that it killed that team. I, I it wasn't pretty. It wasn't good. But at the end of the day, they weren't good on defense. No matter when the the game was played. So yeah, I mean, lo- losing Tracy uh, Clay's uh, did did not help things. Um, no. I will say this: when they lost that game to UCLA, that sixty seven sixty three. You know, they were up forty two to seventeen you know, midway through the third, whatever. Uh, when they lost that game, they did come back the next week and lose to Utah. They lost to Arizona State. But um, they went on the road and played a – I mean, this Utah team that looks like gangbusters. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, and Arizona State, like losing that one on the road at the last minute, not a bad loss. But I I think it did kind of kill them for a little bit. I, I think when you lose a game like that, it's tough to come back from. Uh, Mike, Mike does uh, jump in, and this is uh, the next topic on here. Um, let me write down my times here. Da, 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 da. Uh, Mike said, "Did Clay Helton keep his job by beating UCLA?" Um, that is a, a really interesting question because USC finishes eight and four now. Like, their season is done; they have a bye week to end the season, which is kind of weird. Um, I, I think it is very possible that they could keep him on for another season and not pay that ridiculously expensive buyout. I mean, I think his buyout's like $20 million. Um, And that number may not be exactly AD. right. But uh, They hire an AD before they make a decision on him, right? Well, they, they already got the AD. They got Mike Bond from uh, from Cincinnati. How'd I miss that? Uh, it happened a couple weeks ago. 
Yeah, I guess I'm, I missed that. Well, that's because they, they were talking about it. Wow, that, that guy's a hell of an athletic director. Yeah, so they... they um, so Damn, Cincinnati lost their head basketball coach. They lost their AD. God, they still got please. Fickle. Well, right now. I mean, right now. Right now. He finishes, he finishes 12 and 1. They're not going to have Fickle. Uh. Well, it depends on what jobs open, right? Like, I, I, I still think that D'Antonio is leaving Michigan State at the end of the year, and I think that's a perfect spot for Fickle to jump to. I don't know. I think, I think the more I watch, yeah, I think the more I watch that, I don't think he's quitting. I don't think he's leaving. You don't think so? No, man, I don't know. Like, I, there's so much stuff going on. He's got that deposition after the season about uh, uh, the recruiting man, director. I don't think he cares about any of that stuff. I, I think he, I think he might be tired of it. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. So, I, I think he retires at the end of the year and. You know, I, we'll see. It's uh, just trying to read the tea leaves. It's kind of tough to decide when a guy's gonna, uh, <laughs> when a guy's gonna end his career, right? That's yeah. right. It's, yeah, it's, <laughs> this is a full man's game. You got that right. Uh, now let's uh, let's kind of rapid fire through some of these. Michigan goes to Bloomington and whips up on Indiana, thirty-nine to fourteen. This was supposed to be a pretty close game. Um, Indiana was without what one of their most explosive wide receivers, I believe it was. Um, yeah. You know, and the crazy thing about this, if you go back and look at the stats, uh, Michigan, like, beat them through the air. Yes. I mean, just destroyed them through the air. They only had 87 yards rushing in this ballgame. If, if and, you think the Michigan team that started the season is still who they are, you you are a fool, fool, fool. They, uh, they threw for 366 yards on 32 attempts. That was 11.4 yards per pass. Uh, Shea Patterson looked good, man. Like Receivers it. look good. They made unbelievable catches in this game. Some some big plays on balls. Yeah. I watched a lot of this football game. It was 14-14 at one point in time, and I was like, dude, this is going to be a ball game. My Michigan bet's not coming in. And then it was 21-14, and it was 28-14. And yeah. so I got off the game for a second, got back, and it was like 40-something to 14. Well, 39-14. But yeah, yeah whatever. And I was just like, "Wow, what?" Yeah, what third, third quarter they they demolished them. Scored eighteen points unanswered in the in the third quarter, and then the fourth quarter was incredible. Yes, yes, a hundred percent. Ramsey, you know, for Indiana, seventeen out of twenty nine for two hundred seventeen yards, no touchdowns, one pick. Uh, they were only able to run for ninety seven yards on thirty seven carries, uh, and that's with a long of twelve. And another guy had a twelve uh, or a long of seventeen. And another guy had a long of twelve. Um, I mean, it it was this was not good for Indiana. So not nine win Indiana, no longer that ain't happening. But um, you know, I mean, Indiana still got a chance for for eight wins, and then I, I think they can get against Purdue. Um, Williams said Michigan this year shows why teams shouldn't listen to the media. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, Rapid fire as we're doing this. SMU loses at Navy 35 to 28. So if Memphis if Memphis gets beat by Cincinnati, Navy, Navy will go to now I think they still have one more game that they gotta win. Um No, they got the Army Navy game after the after yeah, but the championship game. That's not until um after the championship game. They they play at Houston this coming week. So they have to beat Houston. They got a bye week. Because of the extra game at the end of the season. Yeah, but the extra game at the end of the season is on December 14th. Like, it's the week after championship week. I know. That's what I said. I thought I thought they had a bye week before championship week because they play that extra game. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay. No, I mean, they, they, wrong. they play at Houston at 6 p.m. on ESPN2 this coming Saturday. Okay. So, But they, they have to win that one. But if they do, uh, if Memphis loses to Cincinnati at home... Navy would go to the AAC championship game. Now, I don't know if the AAC wants that. Um, I mean, that... Do like they that, want that over a rematch in a type of championship game? That's the question, because that's their two options right now. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, because Navy got blasted by Notre Dame, and, and Navy will not be the group of five participant in the New Year Six. Like no. that, That's not happening. Um, but I'm going to tell you this. I think Cincinnati handles Navy. If they play Navy, I think they handle them. Yeah. The Cincinnati football team is really good when they're healthy and all together. They're yeah. really good. No, they definitely are. Ohio State got them. Their quarterback went out early in the second quarter, and that, that they had no chance. Um, so, at, at, talking about the SMU-Navy game, uh, 
Navy, at, at the end of this ball game, there were a couple of calls that went for the cadets. And obviously, this was played in Annapolis, so, you know, you're, you're going to get the hometown bump. Sure. But, man, SMU, this game went about as we predicted it. Uh, Navy held the ball for 40 minutes to only 20 minutes for SMU. Navy ran the ball for 378 yards on 73 carries. That's Navy football. That's exactly what Navy football is. Yes. Yes. Uh, just unbelievable stuff. It, it was This was a fascinating game. Navy had to score 15 points in the fourth quarter to win this game. And, I mean, they looked good. They looked really good. They just couldn't figure out a defense to stop them. Yeah. I mean, it's just it, it, they, they don't have the dudes. And no. they, they got a good running uh, defense. SMU has all season. They've been the top 25 rushing defense. But, but it's a different. They don't play a lot of teams that run the football, though. Well, they, they don't play a bunch of teams that run a triple option. And well, a triple option is different than a rushing attack. They don't, not a lot of teams in the American right now are running the football. No, you're, you're right. You're right about that. You we're, we're pretty right. wide open past the, past the football conference now. Yeah. No, you're, you're right about that. Uh, Tennessee wins twenty four to twenty. Boom! And we we called this. Now at Missouri oh. scoring, um, Missouri scoring twenty points was kind of unexpected because Tennessee's defense has been playing really well, and Missouri's offense could not score on air for the past this like is, three weeks. This is Missouri coming back though. I don't think Missouri score. I think this game looks totally different if Missouri doesn't get down pretty good the way they did. I I didn't know that they got down. Yeah, I think they were down by 10 or 14. Hang on, let me try to see if I can find that. That's, I'm, I'm pulling up the box score now. Um, let's see. Uh, they were only down 17 to 10, and they, they came I back to tie it. Seven, For some reason, I thought it was, it was – it got more. Yeah, it was 3 to nothing Missouri, 7 to 3 Tennessee, 10 to 7 Missouri, 14 well, to 10. Was, that's, I mean, I'm looking. Oh, that's right. I'm missing the first quarter. I, I was, I was looking at the scoring plays, and I was like, I got Tennessee, I got Missouri, I got Tennessee, I got Tennessee, and I forgot the <laughs> field goal. Uh, got it. Yeah. So at Tennessee, good on them. They are six and five with a game against uh, just a woeful Vanderbilt team left. Sorry. Tennessee could end up seven and five after starting zero and two. Going bowling, baby. That is uh, it, it, the fact that they are now going bowling is hey. awesome. Can you get a better? Can you get a better Liberty Bowl than Tennessee, Texas? I I think Tennessee ends up in a better spot than that. Two massive fan bases that coming to Memphis, Tennessee would would obviously sell the place. It'd be just a lot of weird shades of orange. And a that's whole what I was about to say. A lot of orange there. A lot of UTs and a lot of weird shades of orange. Yeah, that's uh. Yeah, I think, I think that's it'd the be ball fun. Game we want. Come on to Memphis. I'm, awesome. I'm good with that. I'd be I'd be all in on that one for sure. Um, finally, let's see. Uh, that we'll, we'll close out with this. Question from uh, Larry Pilgrim. He said, all right, Chris, who you got winning the Pac-12, Utah or Oregon? I'm, I mean, I've been on Oregon all year. I don't know why I'd get off that train. I also think the loss helps Oregon better. U, Utah is – I mean, it beat the hell out of Arizona. But they're just not a good team. They don't have a good win on the season. Yeah, I mean, neither does Oregon, by the way. But I mean, Oregon's got that win over USC. If that okay. matters, you're right. They've got the only win against an eight-win team. Yeah, it's a <laughs> unbelievable. All right, that is uh, that's going to wrap up our Week 13 college football reaction and recap. You guys have been awesome. Thank you for jumping in on the live show. A uh, bunch of comments. You guys are fantastic. We if do you, appreciate it, guys. This is fun. Oh, yeah. that's and uh, Of course, again, on Tuesday night, uh, around, what, 7.30? Yeah we, yeah. we try to get going about 7. I mean, 7.30 Central. Here, man. Oh, you don't. Hey, the wife's not in town, right? She's going to be gone? She'll be gone. Come early. Hey, you know what? I can do that. Let's, let's say 7, then. That, that gives me enough. Is, yeah, because yeah, the college, they, they come out with the thing at, at six. 6. Yep, and that, that gives me time to get everything set up, too. Yeah, so let's let's do it at seven. Let's uh, let's do seven p.m. Central Time, God's Time Zone, of course. Uh, for those of you that are that are not in the right spot, uh, not in the Lord's time, then get right with the Lord. Come on, <laughs> uh, do it. So, if you are listening on the podcast, make sure that you leave a nice review and hit subscribe over at Apple Podcast. We're everywhere else as well: Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. Whatever your favorite podcast app is, we are there. You can find everything else over at winningcureseverything.com all of our videos, everything else. Um, 
go and if you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button for the video, and leave some comments after this thing goes uh, and publishes once we get done with the live stream. But uh, but hit that like button and leave us some comments. Share the show out. Tell your buddies about it. Uh, and make sure that you go and check out tunicatravel.com. Tunica, Mississippi is the South's premier sports gambling destination. They got six incredible sports books. Chris and I will vouch for all of them. They are all a good time. Tunica, a great place to go down and uh, and enjoy yourself a little gambling. I'll so, be spending some time there around Thanksgiving holiday. Oh, absolutely. So if you are coming into town for whatever reason, hit us up. You know, we we might like to come down and shake your hand, meet you, tell everybody we appreciate you. So yeah, let's uh let's jump out of here. Let's go and check out some NFL football, and we will see you guys again live on Tuesday night. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com, or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at GaryWCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.